Who am I? Who am I under pressure? Who am I when I'm stressed? Who am I when I'm hungry, when I'm tired, when my clothes don't fit, when it's too hot, it's too cold? Uh, it's easy to be a nice person, yeah, when things are going great. And I always use that example. If you meet somebody on a beautiful beach and they're with somebody that they love and they've got their favorite food or, or favorite beverage in front of them, uh, they probably should be happy. And if you say to them, how are you? They probably should say, I'm bloody great. And if they don't, there's probably no hope for that person because is it ever going to get any better? But could a great judge of character be, or our real self, could that person come out when things aren't going so great, when we really have to, uh, we have to consider what's going on in our life at the moment? Because usually uh, when life takes over, we react rather than respond to a situation. So should we put ourselves in a position where before we ever say anything, before we ever do anything, before we ever act, we think about what we're doing? One of the challenges with that, of course, is this thing called alcohol, because uh, a lot of people will share that when I'm drunk, for example, uh, I'm not the real me. Interestingly, and I like to use alcohol as an example, because the head doctors, the psychiatrists, the psychologists, the behavioral scientists have all shared with me, and I have a few of those in my life, uh, that alcohol is simply a substance that brings the real person out. So for example, if you're a really happy person, when you get drunk, you're going to be a happy drunk. If you're an asshole of a person, it's been suggested that you'll be an asshole of a drunk. You'll become a really nasty, horrible person because alcohol simply takes off the inhibitors of our um, requirements in society. So once we, we think that we don't have to be nice or we don't have to be kind or we don't have to be respectful, alcohol will then let that go. If we are really a nice person, then more of that will come out when we're drunk. Ha ha. So what about when we're under pressure? And have you ever had the brilliant experience, the very special experience of being in a tough situation with somebody who handles stress incredibly well? I've got a husband that regardless of how hot or cold, how stressed or happy, how hungry or full, uh, doesn't matter what's going on in his life, he's always exactly the same, uh, which is a really nice uh, way to live your life. I've, I've dealt with the opposite to that. A lot of people have shared with me that their partner or someone in their life, their mum or their dad or their, their brother or sister, uh, is uh, un, not predictable. <laughs> so they're coming home from work and they're holding their breath. If this person's had a bad day, they're going to be nasty when I get home. If they've, oh God, I hope they've had a good day because then when I get home, they're going to be a nice person. Uh, and could that be a complicated way for everybody to live? Uh, for you, for the people in your life, for you having to deal with them. But what if people have to deal with you and you're that kind of a person where they're holding their breath, hoping that today you're having a good day, hoping that you're going to be nice today? Another really uh, tough and confrontational suggestion uh, is that we are either a nice person all of the time because it's who we are, regardless of the weather or the stress or the situation or what's going on in our life. We're just a nice person. Uh, the reverse of that is that uh, you're a horrible person, uh, but if things are going okay, you can be nice if you have to be. And that's where that question of how do you treat the people who can't do anything for you? Because sometimes it seems people can be really nice if they think they can make a sale or they can get a date or they can make some money or they can get a new customer. They're really nice, uh, but put under stress or under pressure, they're not very nice. So what's that got to do with the way we live our life on a day-to-day -day basis? 
Well, again, the behavioral scientists have suggested that if we want to be really happy, the people that we have around us uh, should be adding value to our life and us to theirs. Uh, so how do we pick the right people to put into our life? Now, I've got dogs here. I know these are only ceramic puppy dogs, but uh, one of the special things I use on a regular basis is I trust my dog's instinct, and I have four of them, I trust their instinct to uh, test character. And it's worked for me so many times where I've thought the person's really nice, the person's had a really good CV or resume, uh, they've presented well at an interview, they've seemed like a really nice person, and then I introduce them to my dogs. <laughs> Uh, I've seen a really interesting example. Uh, we had a, a beautiful Labrador called Sparkles, and he was the most placid, loving, kind, adorable Labrador, as Labradors are. But there was two occasions where my Labrador turned into literally a wild, raging animal. Uh, he met some people, two people in particular, and he just hated them on sight. It was like he's, he's bared his teeth and his hair came up on the back of his neck. and It was like he was going to kill them. You would have thought he was a, a wild, fighting dog, this placid Labrador. Interestingly, both of those people who we thought may have been nice people turned out to be not so nice. So his judge of character was absolutely spot on. So there's, you might have some people in your life like that if you haven't got dogs who just seem to have that gut instinct, that gut feeling about people. Uh, often it's been that particular character trait has been related to women. A bloke will say, yeah, he's a nice bloke, he's a good bloke, you can, you can trust him, he's a good guy. And the, and the woman will say, no, not so much, I don't think you should trust him. And the guy goes, no, no, he's a good bloke, he's a good bloke. And sure enough, six months down the track, the good bloke turns out to be a guy that rips you off. Uh, it, there's something about, uh, as I call it, sparkly bits, the, the who you really are. And it seems that some people have an ability to really work that out very, very quickly. So here's some things to consider if you are in the position of having to employ people, uh, having to pick uh, people for a sporting team or uh, an organization, a board. Uh, obviously, if you're going to be dating somebody, putting somebody into your life, you might be vetting somebody for somebody else and your girlfriend might have said, yeah, bring your partner at home and we'll check him out for you. Or, uh, there's some interesting, that's Broody. He's a classic example. He's been on the planet nearly nearly all 20 years now. We're almost at his 20th birthday. Uh, he's a really good judge of character. Uh, there's some people he really likes and he goes to straight away and there's other people he just hates them on sight or he just runs away from them because he's scared of them. Really interesting to take note of, a, of a, a dog's ability to test character. So there's a good thing. Start with that. If you want to find the right people to put into your life, it might be a really good idea to get a dog. This is a really interesting test. Now, I'm not suggesting by any means that you should get people drunk. Uh, but it is a very interesting way to find out what people are really like. So if you take somebody out, and I'll just use that as, I'll, go step, I'll take a step back from getting people drunk. If you take people out to eat, it's a really great way to find out about people. Uh, have you ever been in that awkward situation where the bill comes and who's going to pay? I remember a very long time ago being in this position where I said to myself, I never want to be in that awkward position ever again. You know, when somebody says, well, I didn't have entree, so I'm not paying that much, or I don't drink alcohol, so I'm not paying that much, and it's a really awkward, uncomfortable sometimes an argument about who should pay what for the bill. 
So I remember being in that situation and saying, I'm never going to go through that again. I'm just going to be the person that can pay. If I can't pay for everybody, I'm not going out to eat or going out to drink because I don't want to be in that awkward situation. But it's really interesting to take note of the people who become stingy. Uh, some people will just say, oh, look, I'll just pay you know, my quarter, uh, even if I had a glass of water and, and nothing else. I'll just pay my quarter because that's the kind of person I am. And there's other people that will squabble over the bill. Uh, so that's an interesting thing to take note of. The other thing is, and a lot of business owners do this, they'll take people out to eat uh, and sh- share with them where we're going. So if we're going to a really nice restaurant, uh, if you really if you do need to impress somebody, could it be a good idea to find out about the restaurant, what kind of food they serve, what the dress code would be, uh, how to how to be an awesome guest at that restaurant? Uh, one of the special things I, I was taught again a very long time ago, just little things about good manners, is always find out the name of the people that are serving you and use their name. Uh, really nice to give a tip before you eat. A lot of people say, well, the tip's about whether or not you've got good service. But is it possible that if you give a tip at the start that you might get extra good service? Now, I would never give a tip to get good service, but it just says more about me than it does about where I'm going. Uh, should you know how to use a knife and a fork and which wine glass to drink out of and where to, where to put everything when you sit down and how you should act at a dinner table. And it might not be important to you, but if you do need to impress somebody, would it be a good idea to find all of those things out? And as I shared, there's a lot of business owners that will do that. But if they want to find out about somebody, they'll take them out to eat. Uh, eating is an interesting <laughs> expression of character. Some people just eat as much as they possibly can. Other people order the most on the menu because they know the thing that's most expensive because they know they're not paying for it. Some people drink a lot because they're nervous and end up getting drunk and making a fool of themselves. Other people don't eat anything. Uh, It's a really interesting experience. And I share that with you as part of a a beautiful system I was taught as an employer. And having employed literally thousands of people in my career, this has been a very helpful tool. But if you want to date somebody, if you want to uh, put somebody onto your sporting team, if you want to put somebody into your rock band, into your orchestra, into your singing group, uh, wherever you need to congregate people together and you don't want that awkward, uh, uncomfortable experience where you have to throw somebody off the team or out of the organization or you have to fire them or you have to tell them that the relationship's over, often we put ourselves into those situations here where we pick the wrong person at the start and then we have to try and get rid of them. And it's a horrible experience. So how about we pick better at the start? And from an employment point of view, that's obviously a very good idea. A lot of employers uh, will employ somebody because they have to. They've lost somebody or uh, they've got a you know a big orders come in or they've got a change in the business and they just have to have to employ some people. Uh, it's been suggested it's better to have uh, no people than the wrong people. The wrong people can destroy your business in a very short period of time. So this system, and I call it the system of three because I like to keep things really simple, uh, and it served me very well for my personal and professional relationships. So it might work well for you. Uh, and the reverse of this is not just when you have to put people into your life. But what about when you're going to be in other people's lives? What if somebody was applying this system of three to you? So you're going to out for a date or you're applying for a job or you're applying for a position on a sporting team or in a musical group. People are looking at you from the outside. What will they find? And it's a really interesting uh, 
and I'll use social media in particular, because it seems that uh, who we are, who we really are, doesn't get portrayed much anymore. I have great respect for the people who just be themselves regardless of the rules of society. Now, it's nice to abide by rules, but not if you don't believe in them and not if they're your, not your core values. So, for example, if somebody says to me, this is who I am, this is the way I dress, and if you don't like it, bad luck. To me, that means dress that way at a wedding, at a funeral, when you're in a court of law. Have you noticed they always dress the criminals up in a suit when they go to court? Now, that criminal probably doesn't own a suit, but they always dress them in a suit to make them look more professional when they go to a court of law. But my suggestion is this. If you if, if you don't wear a suit, don't wear one. If you're not a, a professionally dressed person, don't be one. Because what we're doing then is we're putting up false, we're putting up a mask and we're being false, we're being fake. Uh, have you ever been on a date with somebody who you might have thought had good manners or they were really kind or they treated people nicely and then three, six months down the track or sooner, you find out that everything they did on that date was just a fake. It was just to try and impress you. Uh, and there's another great expression there that don't try to impress people, rather express who you really are. I'm not trying to impress you, I'm trying to express to you who I really am. So let's be who we really are in every situation, could that be a great idea? And if you're not, this system of three will certainly find that out. And if people are trying to con you, trick you, pretend to be somebody else, this system of three will also find them out. So it starts with this. That the system of three is whatever position you have available, whether it's because you want to marry somebody, date somebody, employ somebody, put somebody onto your team, bring somebody into your organization. Even if you think you've found a good person or the best person, the suggestion is that you, you interview or talk to a minimum of three people. So I'll just use a fun example. If you are if you're on Tinder or you're on a social media uh, website dating site and you are looking for somebody and you think you found somebody that you'd like to date, uh, look at at least two other people, if not more, <laughs> but at least three. So even if you think you've found the right person, a minimum of three. Now it could be five, it could be 20, it could be 300. If you've uh, announced a career position available to the world, you might find that 3,000 people apply for that position. Uh, how do you bring that down to a, a really decent number? And ultimately, you would bring it down to the top three, for example. And that might be the top five or top seven. But it's a really great idea and suggested by the experts that even if you think you've got the right person, have a look at at least two more. So let's, we'll use that as an example. So you've got three people. Now you want to have a look at those three people in three different environments. So an interview process should never just be one interview. An interview process that's been suggested should be in three different places. So whether that's in your office or in your workplace, for sure. Uh, but if it is in your workplace, watch how that person responds or reacts to the other people in the workplace how they treat the other people in the workplace, the cleaning person, the front desk person, uh, the people who work on the, on the uh, production line. Uh, whatever business you're in, you're going to have other people in that business. So watch how that person uh, interacts with other people. So yes, bring them into your workplace. Bring them into, if possible, into your home. Uh, and you might not do that if, you, if this is a career interview. But it's really interesting to see how people act in somebody's home. Now, if there's a security challenge there, of course, you wouldn't do that. 
that I'll use the home as an example. Do people take their shoes off? Now, you might walk around your house with your shoes on, but good manners would suggest that a person coming into your home would offer to take their shoes off. Uh, and if they don't, and you've got your shoes off, well, there's just an interesting, well, maybe they don't have good manners or they're not very respectful, just an interesting note. When somebody goes to the bathroom, now you could check this at your office, you could check this at your um, athletic field, you could test this in your, uh, wherever you practice music, you could, you could test this in your own home. When somebody goes to the bathroom, how do they leave the bathroom? <laughs> Uh, do they leave water in the sink? Do they leave smells in the toilet? Do they leave um, paper on the floor, hair in the sink? They're all interesting signs of people that might in the future have a dirty desk or might not be respectful of your home. Uh, the reverse of that, you might have a really clean, sorry, you might have a really dirty home and there's no judgment there because some people, it's just not important. Somebody comes into your home and starts cleaning up your home, you might find that really annoying. Uh, if you bring somebody like that into your business where you've got stuff everywhere and that's how you like to, to run your business and somebody comes in and tidies everything up, you might find that really annoying. So it's really interesting to see how people respond or react in that in a home situation, in an office situation when it comes to cleanliness. Uh, again, when you bring somebody into your home, if they, they know that you're coming to your home or they are coming to your home, did they bring a gift? Uh, did they bring something to eat or drink? Uh, how did they treat your property? Uh, did they put their feet on something without asking first? Did they just sit down where it might be a spot that you would not normally sit down? Uh, and you might set some things up to see how people treat your home. So the three different environments, though, one of them doesn't have to be your home, but it's an interesting place to bring people. And for me, it's always been a great place because that's where my dogs are. And now my dogs can check this person's character. There are a few people that have made it to the, to the dogs, but they've never made it into the house. So we've come up with a, a reason to take from somewhere else because the dogs didn't like them straight away. Interesting take note. The other uh, great environment to consider is an environment of competition. Uh, if you play tennis, golf, mini golf, uh, take somebody to the gym and lift weights, uh, any form of competition. Now, it might just be playing Monopoly or cards or, or tunnel ball. It doesn't matter. As long as there's a situation, an environment where you can check how people are when they're under pressure to compete. And it's interesting to watch how some people just throw their arms up in the air and say, look, I can't play this. I can't do it. It's, I'm no good at this. I can't play basketball, so I don't want to play. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you an example. I used to take people uh, to play paintball with the, the proper bullets. <laughs> and it was interesting because I would invest. This is, for me, a really great investment in people. Uh, if you take people to play a game like that, it's quite expensive and you have to pay for the bullets. And it was interesting, that the paintballs, that is. It was interesting to watch how some people would uh, play the game. They'd come back and they have all their bullets left, which means they went and hid somewhere and didn't shoot anybody. There were other people that came back covered in paint and no bullets left, which means they were, uh, were prepared to take risks and they were pre prepared to get hit and they were hitting people as they went. Now, this all depends, of course, on the kind of person that you're looking to put into your life. And if this is a personal decision about a partner, these are some really interesting things to take note of. I've seen people, and I'll use an example, I've used the game of musical chairs. Uh, and on group interview nights, we'd have 40, 50, 60, 100 people, and we'd play musical chairs. And I've literally seen men pick up women and throw them on the floor to get their chair for musical chairs. Now, I'm sure you would never find that out in a normal interview situation. 
Because in an interview, we're trying to impress, aren't we? <laughs> uh, but in a competitive situation, when somebody is very competitive, it's really interesting to see that that streak of them get come out. So three different environments. It might be their home if they invite you. It might be a park. Uh, it could be a restaurant. So the work environment, home, park, coffee shop, restaurant, uh, competitive environment. So you take them for tennis or golf or some kind of game. Uh, really interesting to see that. Now, that's, so that's three people in three different environments. The next one is over three different time frames. If I ask you this personal question, are you a morning or an evening person? Do you function more effectively first thing in the morning or does it take you a while to wake up and you function really well late at night? Uh, depending on the times that your business is open or depending on the person you're looking to put into your life or your organization, that could be a really important thing to take note of. Uh, if you bring somebody into your life for a personal relationship and they're really grumpy and miserable every morning and it takes them two or three hours to, to get out of that and they become a nice person in the evening, that's one of those situations where it's, oh, I don't know what to expect because in the morning they're really grumpy and the nighttime they're really nice. Uh, and what does that say about somebody's character if it takes them two or three hours to become a nice person? So if you interview people for a career position, one in the morning, one at lunchtime, one in the evening. Maybe it's going to be one in the morning, one in the evening, and one on the weekend. As you know, I call it a strong end. At a time when it's not normal to have a job interview, not normal to be expected to come and do something. Uh, is it possible that if you ask somebody to do something that's not normally expected and they're happy to do it, uh, it could be, and I'm not, not saying of course it will be, but it could be that they're that kind of person. They're happy to go out of their way to help. Somebody who says to you, I'm not coming to see you on Saturday, Saturday's not a work day, uh, probably the person who, and there's two things there, one is uh, I, I have strict rules and regulations about my home life, or they're people that are not very flexible in the, in the things that they're prepared to do for your business. Again, there's no right or wrong, but wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> wouldn't you like to know these things? So three different people, three different environments, three different time frames, and then really great idea is that three different people who you trust would then interview them or talk to them or have a chat with them or spend some time with them or play golf with them or tennis with them or be part of the game situation. So it might be a dogs, it could be a mum, could be your partner, could be a business partner, could be a friend, could be a minister from a church, somebody that you trust, that you trust them to have a good instinct about people. Uh, again, there's, there are some women that are just really good at this. They just seem to be able to tell. And there's three places when you're looking at these three people that their behavioral scientists suggest would be a really good idea. Uh, number one is ask your heart, is this the right person? Does, does this feel, feel right to, to have this person in my life? The next place is your brain. So the logical part says, does this, is this logical for me to put this person into my life? And both of those could be conflicting. I get that. But should we ask, is this the right move for me logically to have this person in my life, in my business, in my organization, in my team? What does my heart say? And then, of course, what does my gut say? So your brain, your heart, and your gut, what do they say? So there's three places that you need to ask. Three people, three environments, three different time frames, have three different people talk to them, chat to them, interview them, and ask all three people, what does your heart say, what does your gut say, and what does your brain say? Now, so far, we should be going really well. After you've done all of that, you should be thinking, well, I've done, I've, you know, I really think we might have found the right person. Whew, <laughs> maybe not. 
Uh, how about three references? Three people that know this person. Three other people, and ideally, it's not the people that are on the reference check on their CV or their resume. Uh, I'd love to meet your mum. I'd love to meet your partner. I'd love to meet your dogs. I'd love to meet your kids. I'd love to meet your next door neighbours. And of course, these are all just suggestions. But is it possible that if you talk to three other people about three other people, uh, that you might get a different perspective? And the ideal thing here is a stranger. So if you ask somebody, where do you drink coffee or what restaurants do you go to or which supermarket do you go to? I know I'm sounding a little bit like the FBI now, but having worked with so many people who have employed the wrong people and have ended up in employment court and it's cost them hundreds and thousands of dollars to get rid of terrible employees. Uh, and of course, the personal side where people have put a a human being into their life, into their kids' lives, into their family, and this person's turned out to be an absolute ass because they they trusted their heart or their lust. We probably should include that, shouldn't we? Am I am I in lust with this person? And how long is that going to last for? And if the lust or when the lust dies down, uh, what will be left over? And unfortunately, there's been too many horrible breakups and nasty breakups and terrible experiences for family, friends, and all of the external people involved in that, that relationship because a person didn't uh, do their due diligence on bringing somebody into their life. Now, it, you may not go and talk to a person's ex, for example. So you might not say to an ex-girlfriend, so was he a good guy or was your partner a good person? You might get lies there. But if you know and understand body language, if you understand that yes, people will, or if you can read between the lines, there's a good one. So have a listen to what they say, but listen to the way that they're saying it because some people are bitter and twisted because they weren't good for the relationship. Other people are bitter and twisted because the person that you're interested in was not good for the relationship. But you might have at least three questions. There's another three, uh, three really good questions ready that you could ask an ex-partner, an ex-employer uh, to see if you can get the information that you need. Now, the best question, of course, to ask an ex-employer is would you employ this person again? Because even if they gave the person a great reference and there's lovely flowery words on there, the really important thing is, well, <laughs> uh, who are they really when it comes to the way they treat people when they're hungry, when they're tired, when they're stressed, when they're under pressure? And if you ask that question of an employer, would you employ this person again? Even if they say yes, watch the body language. Do they lean forward? Are they happy to say, yes, I'd love to have this person back in my business? Or they go, oh, yeah, it'd be great to have them back. They were excellent. <laughs> I've uh, dramatized that a little bit, but there's some truth that will come out there. And it never ceases to amaze me how... Uh, Business owners don't do reference checks and not just reference checks from the CV. Go and find some people who know this person. Uh, if they drink at a coffee shop, take their photo to a coffee shop and ask the people there, do you know this person and describe them for me as a person. Uh, you are about to take one of the biggest risks personally or professionally, putting somebody into your life who could break your heart and that's the risk, isn't it? Uh, wouldn't you want to find out about a little bit more about this person than what they might be pretending to be at a date? If you're going to employ somebody, that's a whole different story. So whether you're going to pay them $15,000 a year or $50,000 a year or $500,000 a year, all of those are a very large amount of money if you get stuck with them and you can't get rid of them. 
And they're also a really big waste of money if the person doesn't do their job properly or they pull your business down or they create negative environment in your business. And these are the, the system of three will help you find out some of those things. Uh, the other thing is uh, three different environments where the person's not there, which brings into that cafe, restaurant, gym, sporting team situation. So go there and have a look when the person's not there. And a, a bit of a stretch for that is what does the person's car look like? What does their gym bag look like? What does their briefcase look like? The condition of their shoes, the condition of their fingernails. Uh, they're all things that say a lot about a person. Uh, and if I take the fingernails and the shoes out, they're things that you can have a look at when the person's not there. My question is this, is it possible that if you date somebody, they could be pretending to be somebody that they're not? If you are employing somebody from a CV, is it possible they could be pretending to be somebody that they're not? And again, I've employed thousands of people and been stuck with some really terrible people, but even worse than me, because I have to take responsibility for my choices, I've had to help so many other employers out of horrible situations because they put the wrong people into their business. And worse than that, I've had many, many big cuddles and, and sad experiences and, and tra traumatic big cries and dramas because people have put the wrong person into their kids' lives or into their own life. So would it be a good idea to find out about people? So at least three people for each position that you're considering, three different timeframes, three different environments, three different people would have a chat to them besides you. Uh, have a look at them in three different places where they're not there uh, and ask three other people about them. And then, of course, there's the... <laughs> Uh, the, the social media three. Now, there's lots of different social media platforms and don't just go to one. Go to as many as you possibly can, of course. Uh, it's very interesting to see what people put in a CV or a resume and then you go to their different face, Facebook, Instagram, uh, all the different platforms for social media and depending on when you're listening this is to, listen to this is what's available. And you have a look at what they're really like because it seems to be that people post on social media one of two things either who they really are or a big fake of who they are not. And I'll use photos for an example. Uh, there's a lot of, as you know, a lot of photos on social media that uh, the, the angle was right, the light was right, and 2,000 photos were taken to get one great photo. And then people look at that photo and say, isn't he gorgeous or isn't she beautiful? Not realizing, and in fact, some young people are... Uh, they, they lose their self-confidence and self-esteem because they look at a photo like that and they say, look, I'm not good enough. I don't look like that. Not realizing that that photo taken in context, that's just not just out of three photos they chose from. They could have taken 2,000 photos with the right lighting, with the right angles to get one photo. And we look at that and go, oh, wow, that's amazing. And it's interesting because a lot of people present like that in a personal relationship or in a, in a, a, a career interview. Uh, they take all the great things from their life and they put them into one CV. They take all the great things about them and they put them into their interview. And we believe that and we employ them and we get stuck with them. We believe them and we date them and they pretend for two, three months, six months, 12 months and we end up being engaged or married to them. We're in a long-term relationship and uh, things are not good because we didn't check. And probably the big one to check, of course, if you're going to look for heart, head and, and gut, uh, probably trust your gut. Our heart sometimes flutters and our brain sometimes looks at the pros and cons and we take the pro side. 
uh, that our gut will usually tell us. And in, in most situations, when you ask somebody, if you were to look back on that situation and you asked your gut, should I have employed that person or should I have got into a relationship with that person, the gut says, nah, you're right, I shouldn't have. If I trusted my gut, I would never have got into there in the first place. So the reverse of that, as I shared, if somebody was doing that process with you, if somebody took you through this, the system of three, so they looked at you at three different time frames in three different environments. They watched you playing a sport to see how competitive you were, whether you gave up or kept going. If uh, people saw you when you were drunk or you were happy drunk or a nasty one. Uh, if people were to look at your house when you're not there, if they were to look inside your gym bag or inside your car and you're not there, what would they find? Uh, are we, and I'll ask the question very personally, am I pretending to be somebody that I'm not? Uh, and of course, that goes back to those very interesting questions. Who am I when I'm stressed? Who am I under pressure? Who am I when I'm too hot or too cold? Who am I when I'm hungry? Who am I when my clothes don't fit? And if I'm the same person all the time, and that's, could that be the ultimate test of character? That regardless of what's going on, whether it's good or bad, whether it's uh, a beautiful day or a freezing cold, miserable, rainy day, I'm having a great day. Uh, would it be nice to put people into your life who every time you see them, every time you interact with them, you know what kind of person they're going to be because they're not pretending to be somebody else. And if you don't have a puppy dog, there's a couple of reasons to get one. Uh, and I'm going to ask you to get two because it's always nice because they're a pack animal. They get lonely when they're by themselves. Uh, your dog will test your test character very quickly. So if you put anybody in front of a dog, it'll tell you very quickly whether or not this is a nice person or not. Uh, and then the other side of that is if you, if you don't want to have nasty, negative, horrible people in your life, remember that, that quote, better to have nobody than a bad somebody, uh, then have and have a dog because they're just beautiful. They'll always love you and they'll always care for you and they'll test the people that come into your life and they'll give you unconditional love on a daily basis. And wouldn't it be nice to have a reputation of being that kind of a human, a human that can be trusted, a human that's loyal, a human that will look after the people that you love, and a human that will uh, protect you from the people who are trying to attack you. Wouldn't it be nice to have more people like that in our lives? Wouldn't it be nice to have a reputation of being that kind of a person? So the question is, who are you? Who do you want to put into your life? And maybe use the system of three to make sure that you've at least got a fighting chance to get the right people into your life. Yes. Woohoo. <laughs>